Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. again. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your day with me. I'm your host, Marie Green, and today's episode was inspired by something a friend posted online about starting something new. Here's what she said. I didn't wait to find the right pen. I didn't wait to find the right notebook or even the right idea. I just jumped in right where I am. This friend of mine started a drawing class Out of the blue, without a lot of lead-in or extra thought or analyzing whether or not it was a good idea, she didn't ask, is now the right time? Am I cut out for this? Will I be good at this? Can I keep up? Are any of those questions familiar? She, She just did it. She jumped in. We like to overthink things, don't we? Or maybe that's just something that I do. But especially when we're about to do something that stretches us a bit, maybe it's a little bit out of our comfort zone or it's related to a long time dream. So there's just a little bit more of an emotional investment there. And we put all this pressure on ourselves about getting it just right or not doing it at all. In fact, I think that's what happens a lot. We give ourselves those two options. If we don't think we can get it exactly right, then let's just not do it. I mean, we don't want to fail, right? We don't want to embarrass ourselves. There's a lot of pressure, especially these days, a lot of pressure to show our work, so to speak. Do you remember that phrase in school? You might know how to get the right answer, but it didn't count if you didn't show your work. It seems like the very first thing we produce should be show-worthy right out of the gate. And further still, there's this sense that even if you got the right result, how you got it might not be the standard way. This comes up a lot in knitting and I'm sure in other creative areas as well, because there's more than one way to do a lot of things. And yet many of us are told there's just that one way. So even if you created something really cool, if you went about it in an untraditional way, then maybe it's wrong. This brings to mind something I saw recently about a method of knitting where you create all of the stitches twisted the wrong direction on one side and then you untwist them on the way back. The idea is that it's supposed to be a speedier knitting method, which may be true, but I'm not going to switch. But the result is that the stitches are facing the right direction when everything is said and done. But if you look at it halfway through, before the stitches get untwisted, then it looks like something's wrong. And I can so imagine someone taking a look at that, someone who doesn't realize there's an actual knitting style that uses this method, and thinking, whoa, let's sit down and show this person how to do it the right way. Fear of doing something the wrong way can really interfere with our ability to enjoy the process. And frankly, I think we use this idea of not having the right materials, the right space, the right whatever, just to justify not getting started. But what I'm wondering is how many of us actually start with all the right stuff and all the right skills right out of the gate? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? (laughs) Like it's just, it's that kind of pressure that can make us feel like we probably shouldn't start until we're sure, until we know we'll be good at it, until we know we'll do it right. You're not going to be perfect at everything you try. And anyway, 
trying something once isn't how anyone gets good at anything. If you want to master something, you've got to practice. And to practice, you have to start. And to start, you have to accept yourself wherever you are with whatever you have. You just have to jump in and go. And along the way, leave room for detours, for slightly ragged results, for mistakes, and for success. Sometimes those detours along the way lead to really neat discoveries. So I have two challenges for you today. One, if there's something you want to do, stop making excuses and do it. And two, here's kind of a weird thought for you. Don't tell anyone about it yet. Let me explain. And to do that, I'm going to tell you a story. A few years ago, I decided to try block printing. Um, I didn't know exactly what I needed to use for block printing, but I had a vague idea that an X-Acto knife and some sort of rubbery flat base would be necessary. And we had an X-Acto knife in the craft cupboard. So, um, and then I found a package of white rubber erasers that hadn't been used. They were left over from my kids' school days and they were just sitting around. So I tried drawing simple little things and carving them into the erasers and then inking them up and printing them onto paper to see what would happen. I had no technique. I had no idea what the proper carving methods would be or even the proper ink or paint to use. I pretty much was just winging it. And what I made wasn't amazing, but it also wasn't terrible. And what I learned by doing that was that I kind of enjoyed the process. And I felt like, gosh, I think I could get better at this. I think I have a knack, even though what I was using was obviously not the right stuff and it wasn't the result I was hoping for, I could actually see there was some potential there. So I did a little more research and I found a more appropriate rubbery flat base to carve into and I tried a little more. Again, not perfect, but a little better. And so I carved out a few vegetables and I tried carving out letters and words. By the way, those letters and words did not turn out well. There's probably some kind of method for that, which I have not figured out yet. That's okay. I made a few cards for friends and then I just put it away. I never posted it on social media or really told anyone about it. I just dabbled just to see because I realized that so much of what we do these days is on display and I wanted something I could try that was just between me and the creative muse. I didn't wait until I had the right materials. I didn't check with the world to see if anyone cared one way or the other. I didn't ask for feedback on my results. In fact, the more private I was about it, the more secret satisfaction I had in the experiment. Even if it was a terrible flop, no one had to know. And if it was awesome, then I had a little secret all to myself, like a superpower that no one knew about. I realized that I didn't have to show anyone to make it matter. I didn't have to get outside approval for it to count. The fact that I had fun and I was happy with the outcome was all that mattered. I just did it just for myself. A few months ago, I took an actual block printing class. And once again, I did it just for myself. I didn't post about it anywhere or tell anyone. I didn't even show my friends because I realized that in this day and age of constant sharing, I wanted it to be just my own little personal project, something where I didn't have to explain what I did or what I used or how I felt about it. I did it for the sheer joy of the making. And yes, I know I'm telling you about it now after the fact, but while I was playing with it, there was this funny sense of liberation that 
in the midst of sharing and oversharing and resharing, I was doing just the opposite. I was making something cool and keeping it to myself. I didn't ever intend for it to stay a secret forever. That, that wasn't the point, but it felt a little extra special to do it on my own terms. When is the last time you got to do that, where you just did something almost in secret for the sheer thrill of trying it, where it didn't matter what anyone else said or thought? There's some kind of amazing, creative, secret thing that happens inside. And especially these days where everyone seems to know everything we do all the time on any given day, it's just kind of a different way to try something. And I think if we allow ourselves that, that joy of making just for the sake of making, then we can lower the bar of expectation on how great our results have to be. Or even if we have to share our results at all, because we don't. And I'm not saying that every creative endeavor should be a big secret. Not at all. Sharing our creativity with others can definitely help our creative spirits expand. But it's also fun to have a little creative secret all to yourself, just for a while, It can make it easier to take creative risks and try unconventional methods to research and develop your own ideas independent of the advice of others. Granted, sometimes we want advice. Sometimes we want and need feedback. Absolutely. But I would say in this day and age, we're usually not lacking for that. We can post something online and get 20 opinions in the blink of an eye. And outside opinions can make it harder to sift through and get back to what you think. If you're happy with it, and if you love the process, if you're excited about your progress, that's what matters. I think we learn a lot about ourselves through creativity, and part of that learning is just the ability to explore without judgment. When you set aside rules and expectations, it becomes play. As adults, That's something we don't really get to do very often, and I think it's lacking. I think we need it. This is why when I teach brand new knitters, I don't start them on a sweater where the stakes are pretty high. Not to say that you can't start on a sweater, but when you're just figuring out how to hold your needles and wrap the yarn, it's nice to get a little sense of the movements before you dive into something significant. So I start them with a washcloth because... No matter what it looks like, it's still something you can use. And then once you've made a thing, you feel that much more confident about making the next thing. But let's say you've knit your first washcloth and it looks a bit rough and someone says, yikes, you are not a natural at this. How likely are you to want to keep going? Granted, maybe you are a tough cookie who doesn't let other people's negativity drag you down. If that's the case, awesome. Keep that up. But if you're a little nervous about it anyway, and you get kind of crummy feedback right off the bat, then you might not feel comfortable trying again, which is why it's totally okay to try something new in secret. So you can gauge the results for yourself and experiment a little bit without an audience. It takes some of the pressure off. And then when you're ready, you can share if you want to. Or you can keep it a secret for the sheer thrill of having something all to yourself in the midst of an age of constant information. A friend of mine took a shoemaking workshop and one day I went to visit and she just randomly pulled out a handmade shoe and showed it to me. Talk about a party trick. We talked most of the evening about her experience in the workshop and her thoughts on shoemaking and it was an absolute joy to hear all about it. And what's more, I loved that it was just a total random surprise, such a fun night, and I was really thrilled for her. 
So whether you're keeping it to yourself for the thrill of exploring something on the down low or to give yourself time to get comfortable with it before you open yourself up to comments from the peanut gallery, either way, it can be fun to jump head first into something without checking with the world first. So here's what I want you to contemplate about creativity this week. First, you don't have to wait until you have exactly the right stuff to start. Yes, it is easier when you have the right supplies. I'm not going to lie. But having the exact right stuff isn't a reason not to start. Great ideas happen more when we have to improvise. So start wherever you are, using whatever you have. The important thing is just that you start. Number two, creativity allows you to learn about yourself, about what you think and how you feel. It's a place for bravery and discovery and permission, permission to try and to fail, and also permission to succeed. Sometimes we're so busy bracing for failure that we forget there's also a very good possibility that we'll knock it out of the park at some point. Don't you doubt it, because that possibility is there. Number three, your creativity doesn't expire until you do. If you're feeling too late in the game, this is for you. So many people discover creative abilities later in life. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are when you start. The only thing that matters is that you do. I heard a story once where someone said, I've always wanted to go back to school, but I feel like I'm too old. And by the time I graduate, I'll be 57. And their friend said, how old will you be if you don't do it? My friend, the time will pass anyway, so you might as well use it the way you'd like to. Number four, creativity is about learning. Learning is about practice. The less pressure you put on yourself to get it perfect, the more you'll be able to enjoy the flow of the process. And as you give yourself over to that, you'll begin to find your feet. You're going to feel comfortable trying new things, experimenting, and going outside the box. My challenge to you is to take that class, try that new technique, dabble in that creative space that you've always thought about but you've never tried. Try it in secret if you'd like to, or tell the world so you can hold yourself accountable. Do what works for you, but don't let another week pass you by. So, hey, a little heads up. Good Enough Creative is going on a short hiatus while I prep for season two, so enjoy a little break and I'll be back again soon. I'll link to the Good Enough Creative mailing list in the show notes, so if you'd like me to drop you a line when season two kicks off, you can sign up there. But that's it for this week. Remember, it doesn't have to be perfect, so just dive in and see what happens. Until next time, you've got this. Bye.